When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Larry Hardesty in for Anita. It's our number two of a week 14 edition of New York Game Day. Mike Tannenbaum will join us next hour. Remember, 11 o'clock is Stan Grasa and Greg Buttle. Pre-game for Jets Bills up in Buffalo here on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, Game Day brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. For a pain-free life, visit samuelpain.com today. Also, Courtesy of Slowman's low price home heating and 24 hour service. Call 1 866 OIL deal right now to see how much you can save this winter on heating oil with Slowman's. That's 1 866 OIL deal. Also, New York Game Day brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy your game day. All right, Matthias, let's go to the phone calls and I got a couple more questions for you. 1 800 919 3776. Let's welcome in Mark in Newark. Mark, welcome to New York Game Day. What's going on, Brother Larry? What's going on, Brother Matthias? Not much. Good. Good morning. All right. Uh, Larry, uh, my keys to the game. Uh, I think that um, when you're talking about uh, interdivisional rivalries and stuff, I mean, over the years you, you come to realize, or at least I do, it's going to be a slobber knocker because of familiar, familiarity mm-hmm. uh, more often than not. Um, so I, I think it's just the off-key things that the coaches do because when you look at the Bills, they're consistently the Bills. Josh Allen's going to put on a Superman cape, and you know he's going to look for for digs. And when that doesn't work, then they use Plan C, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the Jets, you know, we like to play, you know, rock solid in your face defense, and uh, and that's what the Jets do. So, and 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 then nobody's going to get surprised. For me, I think that this game, the keys for the Jets to win is for Mike LaFleur to start uh, doing some things to, to make it easier due to, to the Jets' strengths. For example, on third down or fourth down and short, he empties the backfield. And I just, Larry, I'm not bald yet, but the middle of my head is starting to lose a little bit where the gray was. Uh, it's starting to get a little thin. So every time I watch him do that, I'm like, okay, we have Speed, like, you know, people got to understand when you watch it, Jets, you see speed from offense to defense to special teams. We got young, speedy guys, period. And so when, if you remember when Mike White in his first game against the Bears, the first 10 passes were to different people. And, and I asked myself, well, why was that? What, what, what made that happen? And here's what I think it is. Mike White processes his first and second reads just as good as anybody in the NFL. He just he just knows those things. And why we were able to do that is because he changed the the primary and secondary combinations to to feature any one of those speedy guys. 
And so what happens then is he reads it so fast, and if those two reads aren't there, then he swings it out the backfield. Sometimes he makes the swing out the backfield, the primary guy. Well, he's a speedy, fast guy, too. So it just depends on – it's going to be up to LaFleur to stop emptying the backfield at the goal line and on and on third and fourth and short because it, it takes away 50% of the things that could happen good for the Jets. I mean, getting two yards is not the hardest thing in the world when they're looking for one of these outside guys to catch the ball, and you still got a guy back there to compound it. So I'm going to be looking for that. It's going to take it's going to take Mike LaFleur to put in different route combinations throughout the game so that they're not just like, oh, he's going to, you know, uh, uh, um, Garrett Wilson is going to be the primary on this one. So, you know, we got to take him away. Well, if he if he if he's uh, good at his thing, which he could do better in some spots like I just mentioned and start making the primary a different guy like Moore or Mims or the tight end or the back. Change the primaries. Mike White is able to to to, to decipher that uh, really fast and, and it puts us at a big advantage. That's what I, I hear got. what you're saying, Mark. Thank, thanks for the phone call. I, yeah, first, of all, first of all, Kiwi, hold, hold Mark's thoughts aside. Is it easier from the offensive standpoint and more pressure defensively for them to think of reaching the end zone before you get in the think of reaching the end zone before you get to the red zone? In mm. other words, because of the fact that as you move closer to the goal line, mm. uh, the defense has more more people to cover less space, yep. so it's 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 crowded in there. So shouldn't you start looking at getting into the end zone just outside the red zone or right just inside the red zone? Absolutely. I think as as time goes on and there, there's more um, data points on, on Mike White, I think, you know, staff included will have a better idea of where to go with it, you know. But, yeah, absolutely. You want to be thinking of, of, of getting the ball in the end zone before you reach the red zone because, um, you know, like a lot of teams play that, you know, I've played on in situations where it's that bend but don't break, you know. It's like we're, we know that we're going to give up yards in the middle of the field, but we're not going to break when it comes down to our red zone defense. And a lot of teams that I were on, we spent a significant amount of time practicing for every every different combination, every different personnel grouping, every different route, like, you know, running that, that you could think of in the red zone. We spend a significant amount of time. And, and so it's not just that there's less ground to cover. It's that this is where teams tend to focus um, a lot of their, you know, installation and, and, um, and plays on the defensive side of the ball. So it makes it more challenging. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that you need to come up with some ways to, to start getting it. And, you know, going back to what the caller said, I do think it when you have a young quarterback back there and you see the empty backfield, it can be disheartening for guys who are, who are watching because, you know, you talked about, you know, getting a tight end involved. You know, it just it just makes everybody, you know, who's rooting for the offense more comfortable when he has an outlet, mm-hmm. when he has a check down, when he has some support in the backfield for um, uh, for that offensive line, too. Plus, I just think for fans, it's more sexy to bring in another offensive lineman. Let's pound it right up the middle, <laughs> Matthias. Let, you know, let's, why why are we trying to be so smart? Why do we have an empty backfield? Because empty backfield says, guess what? Mm-hmm. When you see empty backfield, Matthias, you say, oh, let's they're passing go. the ball. <laughs> they're, they're passing the ball. They're not running. They're passing. Great. So let's let's everybody let's let's get to the quarterback. So mm-hmm. you know, you you look back and you say, gee, how come we didn't just bring in an extra lineman? Let's just boom right up the middle, bang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I think everybody there's, there's this tendency to to be over creative and yeah. and come up with these these extreme uh, you know <laughs> play concepts and combinations. And when you get <laughs> into the field, and you realize, yo, you know, like hits are cumulative. Like if you could bruise a team and, and demoralize them and take their will, like that is always the most effective way to to go in and come out with a win. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's it's the physical nature. But I, the other point I think he made is, is very good. And we kind of talked about it with LaFleur. And you can see it on both these teams. I think Robert Sala this year, uh, compared to last year, he's got more talent. But it just seems like they're a better coach team from the outside, mm-hmm. Matthias. Mm-hmm. And what Brian Dayball has done with the Giants, there's a marked difference in how this team is coached from the previous coaches. Mm-hmm. I think um, with, with Robert Sala, you, you're talking about, you know, a, a team where he had to come in and establish like the basics like you know these are these are the things that we are going to be built on and that takes time you know it takes time to come in and, and start with with nothing and, and and establish like what the mentality of this team is going to be I think with Dayball you know the established the, the the Giants mentality is already there it's been historically before I got there and it, after I left like the team is who they are you know it's it's a tough hard-nosed team it's gritty you know it, it, games that come down to a play are going to be decided in the trenches. Um, but when you watch the reaction of the players, you can tell that they, they believe what they're being told and they're not being sold a, a bag of anything, right? They they honestly believe that this coach has their best interests at heart. He's trying to win. He's holding everyone accountable. You know, the fact that the NFL is a meritocracy, you know, has been proven with this, the situation in, in New York. Um, but that is very important because it's hard to get guys to go to buy in and to put their bodies at risk if they don't believe that you're 100 percent, that you're keeping 100 with them and that you you're actually going to follow through on those threats that you made to players who weren't getting the job done and, and whatnot. So now what you're seeing is you're seeing everybody kind of, you know, buy into the situation and say, hey, listen, like we're going to go. And if you're not on board, you're going to be out of here. And I don't have to worry about, you know, complaining too much because it's going to happen. But how is it? How easy is it, Kiwi, to follow a guy who you just watched in a in, in a preseason in a postseason game that changed the rule books right for postseason from now on <laughs> with Brian Dayball with Buffalo and Kansas City? He comes in, you're like, oh man, I've watched what he's done. I watched what he did with with Josh Allen. I've watched what he's done with Buffalo. I know what he brings to the table, as opposed to maybe another coach who didn't have as much head who didn't have head coaching experience either, but was on the team where maybe. You know, they, they were they were okay, but he wasn't the main guy. As with Brian Dable, who was the offensive coordinator there, who had his his handprint all over that offense. That's interesting. I only played for one coach my entire career, one head coach my entire career, but I had a, a few different coordinators, mm-hmm. and so I can I can speak from from that perspective. And really, what it comes down to. Um, Spagnolo, you know, was mm-hmm. one of the, the greatest coaches that I had the privilege of playing for, and what set him apart. Yes, he understood how to, to structure a defense. He understood how to get the most out of his players. He also understood how to put players in the best positions possible for them to be successful and for the team to be successful. He wasn't trying to ask you to do something that was, you know, 
almost impossible because this is what's better for the team, he would restructure the defense and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. But the thing that really set him apart was his humility and his honesty. And there were some times when I was floored, you know, he was the first coach I had ever seen come in and say, hey, listen, guys, look, this play right here, this was a bad call. I should not have made this call. Mm. But but look at look at your corner. Look at your veteran corner, Corey Webster here, you know, go above and play above the X's and O's and, and get this play done. I remember sitting in a meeting room thinking like, oh, wow, like, okay. So everybody's accountable, even, even he's accountable, right? So it kind of changed my perspective. But in order to do that, you have to be confident enough that you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to hit the calls the majority of the time, right? So guys who are insecure about their play calling aren't going to point out their own mistakes. So he, he had, he was very secure in himself and his skill set, but he proved it. And then he was humble and, and he also was, was holding himself and everybody accountable. And that, that changed, in my opinion, the dynamic. Now it's all of a sudden everybody's looking at it like, okay, like it's, it's for real now. Like we're mm-hmm. all held to the same standard and that's what helps you to, to buy in. So in a lot of situations, I think we can have these play callers who can come up with, you know, extraordinary, um, concepts but if the guys don't believe in you and in your system it's not going to yeah. work because they're not going to put the effort in yeah it, it's nice when a coach or a coordinator, coordinator can say my bad yeah <laughs> and be honest, I you don't want to hear it all the time now we come out of the game and every, every two plays i'll ask my bad my bad all right well we need to get somebody else in here but but the so the the ability has to be there but yeah yeah the humility comes as a as a big part too no question about it. Hey, this season marks the 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey. To help celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the December 23rd matchup against the Florida Panthers at the UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app, scroll down to contest, and submit your entry. It's brought to you by the New York Islanders. Hey, join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. When we return, we'll go around the National Football League. Kiwi and I will thought, get to give you some thoughts of some of the games we're going to play today. Uh, Kiwi, did I see Tom Brady's talking about maybe coming back? Mm. Wow. We'll talk mm. about that next. You're listening to New York Game Day on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day, brought to you by Robert Mondavi's Private Selection Wines, the perfect way to elevate the everyday. Please enjoy responsibly 2022 Robert Mondavi Private Selection, Acampo, California. Also, ESPN's New York Game Day on 98.7, brought to you by our friends 
at Bud Light. Enjoy your game day. Also, boy, Kiwi, you guys have a lot of folks supporting this show. This is fabulous. <laughs> New York Game Day also brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper develops winning game plans for business moving forward together. EisnerAmper.com. Also brought to you by Samwell Institute for Pain Management for a free for a pain-free life. Visit SamwellPain.com today. Plus, 98.7 New York Game Day, driven by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on the Coach USA bus for schedules and fares. Go to CoachUSA.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. Larry Hardesty in for Nita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, Mike T, Mike Tannenbaum will join us next hour here on 98.7 ESPN's New York Game Day. Remember, of course, 11 o'clock, Dan Grasso, Greg Buttle, get you ready for... Buffalo Jets, the call with Bob Shoes and the Marty Lions just after 1 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN. But thanks, Kiwi Luka. Did I see that Tom Brady is thinking about playing another season? Another season? Why not, right? <laughs> if they're paying, I'm playing. I don't – I don't um... – You've been around the league for, for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you understand that you only get one shot. But I didn't play long enough into my career for it to start to affect my children. My children were really young. They had just been born. I think only my daughter remembers, actually has memories of me playing, right? They're 10 mm-hmm. and 8 right now. Mm-hmm. But but I, I do understand that that's a different ball game, you know, for guys who are, you know, considering retirement who have older children because of how much time it takes away from, from you, right? So that's something that I can't really speak to. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit more. But, you know, just from a player, I would say, hey, play as long as you can because once you stop, it's real hard to come back. It is. But you know what's interesting in his case is he's always going to be measured against himself, right? Mm-hmm. He's always going to be compared to – and you look at him this year and – Let's face it now. Obviously, he's had some injuries and some guys have not been around. They've had some offensive line issues. Mm-hmm. But Matthias, he's not been the Tom Brady that we've noticed. And then out of nowhere, you get a, a performance like last week where he just marches the team down the field. It's like, oh, yeah, well, he's okay. This is Tom Brady. Look what happens. He's back. So I, I think what's interesting is he he's a guy who – uh, a lot of us are just sick of seeing <laughs> because we've watched him win. And while we respect winning, Matthias, we get a little tired of the same guy winning and winning and going to different places. So um, I, I would be interested to see. But the interesting thing would be, where does he go? So obviously it sounds like he wouldn't be back in Tampa because I don't think they would be at that stage where they've got to make some other moves. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be that that quarterback that's one player away. But, I mean, with now the situation with Jimmy G in San Francisco, could he be Mm -hmm. going there? Uh, Because he wants to go where he's like a step away from winning, which is the same thing that I think Aaron Rodgers had in his mind too, where he wants to go someplace. When you're at that age, Matthias, winning is the most important thing. Okay, So it's it's not just about um, (laughs) going to training camp and being around the guys at this point? uh, I think – but but you can speak to that because I think some of – I think guys miss it. I think guys miss the camaraderie. I mean, come on, you you're with those you're with the guys in the locker room longer than you're with your family. You're there yeah. every day, six, seven days a week for months. All right. Mm-hmm. So you have a relationship. You've got a, a bonding with your crew that's that's like none other. And I do think some guys miss it more than others. I think yeah. it comes to the passion that you have for the game. 
Yeah, no, I was half joking about that because obviously you just, at that point, you just want to win, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you want to be in a situation where everybody's bought in. I think as you get older in your career, you just don't have time for the BS. You don't have time for, <laughs> for guys who want to come in late and don't want to play hard or don't want to practice hard or prepare or don't know what they're supposed to be doing because you've put so much into it and you have all the scars to, to prove it, right? So now mm-hmm. when, when you're prehab becomes a long list of things that you have to do you just don't have the tolerance for it so yeah i do i do i do agree and i'm in in the same boat you miss you know training camp and you miss being around the guys but you don't miss training camp when you still have Mm -hmm. to go to training camp like that (laughs) it takes a few years for you to actually miss training camp like your nervous system has to calm down a little bit for you to actually miss training camp you always miss being around the guys and and working towards a common goal with a with a group of like-minded individuals who are you know like really intent on accomplishing a goal Right. But yeah, I feel like it ha- it would have to be a situation where he's, like you said, one step away from winning. They just need a piece, drop a quarterback in and we can get these guys to the next level. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know where that would be. You, mm. you th- throw some names out there. What do you what are your thoughts? Well, like I said, Frisco would be, you know, with Jimmy G, possibly, um, mm. you know, there's there's a it's it's a unique situation because when he comes in, Matthias, he takes control. Yeah. Okay. This is his offense. Mm-hmm. All right. And so you got to have a coordinator that's you know amenable to that, a, a head coach mm-hmm. that's amenable to that. And so you know, I don't see him going back to New England. I tell you that. No, no. <laughs> I don't see him going back up there, <laughs> hanging out with Bill. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. see that happening. But it's got to be a situation where you're like, as I mentioned, like a quarterback away. And there's not many situations like that in the NFL, especially for a guy who. Matthias, you're kind of going away from his style of play in the quarterback, right? You, you, yeah. You're going to mobile quarterbacks who can mm-hmm. extend plays, and he's a guy who's very accurate, but you know where he's going to be. And, mm-hmm. and I don't have to tell you about knowing where he's going to be <laughs> because you've part of that NASCAR package. You found him all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that, that offensive line play is 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 critical it's crucial we've seen it this year you know Tom Brady without a stellar offensive line and I think um he was able they were able to maintain that for a long time in New England and he would dropped into a situation where they they did have that in Tampa Bay in the when he first got there um but you know that's that's what we always said right it's been it's been talked about like we watched the film you know of him even at the Super Bowl at the game we would try to watch all the tape of him you know um, when he got sacked when he got hit when he got pressured and it was the shortest clip you know of of the year he barely got hit and so we understood okay it changes things when when he gets hit and we've seen it um, so yeah so I think you know finding a team where the egos on the sidelines are enough you know, are humbled enough that he can come in and, and institute his own take on the offense and having a situation where the offensive line play is good enough to keep him protected, that'll be difficult. But in terms of him as a man, as a leader, as a, as a mm. football player, I just always think, like, it's it's hard to count count him out. Like, I don't yeah. have that same energy that everybody else has because, you know, I, I did see him twice in, in the play in, in the championship games that we won. Mm-hmm. Um and that's no shade. That's just I, I believe like I'd probably be on the, a different side if I had lost to him twice. You know, like mm-hmm. just be tired of seeing him. But you know, yeah. I can just look at him as just as just as, as an individual as any other person mm-hmm. that's in the league. You know, who's looking at the end of their career. You have to weigh your home life and you have to weigh your um, right. your, your your career. Your career is going to come to an end at some point. It is a tough thing to to overcome, regardless of how much money you've made or how much success you've had. When people ask me about it, I say, yeah, I do miss playing in the NFL. But you have to understand, I had a football season every year since early 90s so it's yeah. not just you know the nfl that you miss it's the entire body of your work um, yeah. so i think that'll be difficult for him to overcome 
It is, it is. And then, of course, with the well-publicized marital situations that he's got, you know, yeah. that's, you know, where, where the seat, where the field was supposed to be a, you know, a, a, a to get away from all that. Yeah, it yep. turns out to be, you know, he's dealing with that on the field too. So yeah. it, it, it's a tough situation. It was tough that's, on him this year. Yeah, that's tough because most people go through that privately, right? Like a lot yeah. of people have that stuff at home. And, and within the team, we understand if your home life is not settled, it's going to show up on the field. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And so um, as you grow up and you get older, you have these significant life events, even some positive things, you know, mm-hmm, right? Think about mm-hmm. the, the birth of a child. Like that takes a lot of brain power and emotional energy. And so you just don't have as much left to give on the field. That's a natural thing that guys have to overcome. But when your home life is not settled, it affects your play on the field. But to have to go through it publicly, and then there's the whole crypto scandal and, and yeah. the, whole, the whole the whole all that all that's like he's being pulled in a million different directions so for me it makes sense because as a player you know what do you go back to when when there's chaos around you you go back to where things are consistent and so for him being in a locker room being in a meeting room that is consistent when there's inconsistency at home guys tend to you know you go through your struggles but then they they focus their attention back where um, they feel the most security and that's usually in football so uh, whatever he has to do I think you know for First and foremost, he's got to take care of his family. So I hope yeah. that you know he's thinking about the long term and that his family's okay. But if he does want to come back and play and, and he's in a position to do so, I have more power to him. Yeah, no question about it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Hey, this Big Blue Report is brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. And for that, we turn to... The young man who covers the Giants for us on ESPN and ESPN.com, he is the host of Breaking Big Blue Podcast. He is Jordan Renan. Jordan, good morning. Larry Hardesty and Matthias Kiwanuka. How are you? Larry, Kiwi, what's going on, man? Not much. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're doing good, my friend. All right, Jordan, since you're Breaking Big Blue, break, break the story. Is Saquon Barkley playing or not? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you would have seen that already if I knew that. <laughs> I really, I, he just, he actually just walked into the building. Us, I just saw him, okay. and this is especially early for him. So, hmm. uh, the plan, as far as I know, is to kind of come in, see how he feels, get some treatment, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes from there. If I have, I'm leaning towards yes, but it's pretty, pretty close to fifty-fifty right now. Uh, here's what I know about Saquon. Cause I had this conversation with him in the past couple weeks. If there's one thing that he does not like, it's the narrative that he's injury prone. So if he can get out there, he will get out there. Like he, that, he he despises that more than people thinking he's just not playing well. Mm-hmm. Like that, that that's the conversation we had. Like uh, he told me, he's like the, the, you know, about the injury, like the shoulder a couple weeks ago. He's like, that's the I'm just not playing well. And uh, you know now he has an opportunity here. If he can get on the field, he's going to get on the field. How much of that can you can you put on his shoulders? I mean, he's still a young, young guy, a young man, right? 
Um, yeah. I've been saying for a long time, like, there needs to be some help in the backfield, however it's going to be, because he is bearing the load, like he's taking on a, a large load for, for this team. Um, so this, just looking at his track record, can you really – I don't think you could say that he's at this point right now, he's been – injury prone this season yes maybe over the course of his career he had he's had some issues but this season i wouldn't say he's injury prone i would say he's overworked if anything right no i know i totally agree with you but i mean this yeah this is a the only way he doesn't get on the field is if it's a medical decision so mm-hmm. unless he is not cleared because of the neck injury that's when he doesn't get on, not, get on the field in my opinion not if like okay you know uh my neck's a little sore he's i mean he's gonna go out there i'm just knowing his mindset. So yeah, I guess it's up to the team in that case to, you know, do what's best for him, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, the, the workload is huge. It's massive. It's like bigger than anyone in the league. Eighty uh, plus percent of the offensive snaps last I checked a couple weeks ago was eighty-three percent. I mean, no one else was like more than like seventy-four percent. So I mean, you're talking about playing more than any other running back in the league. And uh, remember. This also happens to be a contract year. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at it; it was, it was almost inevitable that something was going to happen. There was going to be some kind of reason, physically, why he's going to be off the field for the reasons that you just mentioned, right? Because of the the number of snaps right. that he's playing. So, fifty fifty chance a day that they're going to have to play without him. How do you rectify that? How do you replace that number of that amount of production? Yeah, if he doesn't play, I mean, it's going to be Gary Brightwell and Matt Breda pretty much splitting the workload. Uh, two guys that we've seen sporadically this season at best. Uh, so, yeah, it's certainly a huge, huge hole to fill for the Giants if they uh, don't have Saquon Barkley. And to be honest, dude, this is not the game for it to happen, right? They need, like, their A-plus game anyway at this point with Saquon Barkley to probably have a chance in this game. Uh, so, you know, they would be in trouble because he's their only really, really explosive player on offense right now. That's Jordan Runon. He covers the Giants for us and ESPN.com. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty and Matthias Kiwanuka. All right, Jordan, let's talk defense for a second. Let's go on the other side. Now, I, for me, this is a fascinating um, – I, I hear you're playing, you're playing a little instrument too in the background, Jordan. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, you know, a little, little, national, little national anthem right now. That's perfect. Going on. That's a good job out of you. A little, yeah. little ambiance yeah, to, the, to, the, I, to the report. I could, I could do it all. Trumpet player, you know, singer. <laughs> I, could, I could sing. You want, to, you want to hear my vocals? Save that for Breaking Big Blue. We want, to have, we want to drive people to the podcast. I'm going to save everybody the pain <laughs> in general. Breaking Big Blue here. Any, any, you know, any platform, I'll save them the, you know, the, disaster that that would be right there uh, but for me uh the interesting the battle today jalen hurts and that high-powered offense against wake martindale who is a master at going in the lab coming up against different blitz packages and and situations uh to try to keep this this eagles uh, offense at bay yeah i mean look you know what wake martindale's gonna do he's gonna blitz he's gonna show a lot of different fronts now what he does have is the pass rush that's you know for the most part, healthy Leonard Williams isn't gonna, is, un, is almost certainly not going to play. But they do have Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari both healthy. And we saw what that meant for them last week, right? It was probably the best that their pass rush has looked in years, right, naturally, like not without just having to blitz every play. 
So it'll be interesting to see if he pairs that back a little bit. He won't completely, obviously. That's not his philosophy. His philosophy is pressure, pressure. Pressure breaks pipes is what he said. That's his line. So I think you're going to see that. And if you look back at last year, last time they were here, Jalen Hurts probably played the worst game of his career here in in, uh, in New York, and uh, the Giants actually beat them. And uh, it was a terrible game for him. I mean, that's, that's their path to success here. The problem is Eagles also have a great running game, yeah. right? They're a top-five running team. And, uh, you know, if, if Jalen Hurts and that's not working, they, they could slow down that pass rush by running the ball and probably doing it successfully. So the Giants certainly have their work cut out for them. Talk to me about um, Tay Crowder and the tweet and the apology and if that had any effect or, or if it was just a blip on the screen. Yeah, I think that, look, we're starting to see cracks. I always say this. I mean, everyone talks about culture, culture, culture. Yeah, culture was great. It's easy. It was easy for you know Brian Dable to sit there and say, "Look, got to do what I say. This is my approach." And they're winning games early in the season, and that makes you buy into it. But when things start going poorly, that's when the real tests come, right? That's when the real test of, okay, is everything you're selling resonating? Is everybody really bought in? We started to see some cracks the last couple of weeks. I think that's kind of oh, we're going to get another anthem here, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think I think we started to see some cracks. I don't think it's a big deal because of the fact, like, look, it was Tay Crowder, it was Radarius Williams. These are like bit players at this point. So I think you know they've been they've had they've had conversations with Dable and some of the veterans in the locker room, and I, I don't think it's anything that anybody that's going to sort of fracture the locker room type of deal. So I'm I'm not looking at it as something that can really negatively affect this team moving forward. Because to be honest with you. How big a role is, are, are Tay Crowder and, and Radarius Williams going to play on this team? That's not going to determine whether this team, you know, is going to make the playoffs or not. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. It's it's like this new climate where social media is is you know brings a lot of attention to individuals. Now you have to address a lot of things that otherwise wouldn't yeah. have been addressed. That's why I, I kind of want to ask you, like, was it a blip or Kiwi. was there something there? Yes. Yeah, you you think you would? Because uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Do you think you would? Uh, Google search your name or, or Twitter search your name like right after the game the second you get back to the locker room no. or Instagram search because that's what these guys do. No Crazy. No I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. You know how, I mean, you, you guys are on Twitter. Look, go look at what fans write during games. How, why in your right it's, mind? This is what guys do. Like, this is, like, I'm talking like everybody. Like, pick one Barkley does it. Like, you know, like the big, like, most of the big guys do it. And I'm like, why would you even do that? Like, what do you want to see these these crazy comments about you right after the game. And, and, you know, look, I think it was just a little bit of frustration from both those guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing that's going to hurt moving forward. But I'm still, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted that guys do that immediately after the game. No, you know, some people are like at halftime. Like it's wild. It's, it, I think I, honestly, I think it's a generational difference, right? So I think we're at least I'm old enough where I know how people spoke to you face to face, and then I saw how people started speaking on the internet, and I realized nine times out of ten they will not say those same things to your face that they say online. So it doesn't ring true. It doesn't hold as much weight. But I feel like with this right, generation right. who grew up with social media, they feel as though like this is an accurate representation of how the world feels about them. In reality, it's the, the smallest minds and the people with the strongest stances who make the loudest noise on that
that platform that is anonymous. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do it. Didn't do it. Um, but I understand that it's a different generation and that that's important to them. Yeah. So it's like the landscape changed, you know, the old guys now have yeah. to, have to understand, Hey, this is something that needs to be addressed. Kids feel a certain way about things that are tweeted at them. And now we have to address that in a meeting. It is what it is. Well, I think that's what Brian Dable told them. It's like, it's a right to be frustrated, right? Like you, we understand like you want to play who isn't frustrated. But it's just putting it on social media and blasting it on social media is just not the way to, to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's no question about that. Last one from me, Jordan. Um, we talked a while ago, right? And we talked about this four-game stretch that the Giants were going into where they had divisional opponents at Dallas, home for Washington, home for Philly, and then at Washington. And this game today, especially after the tie last week, this game today, if they really to keep that playoff hope, and I know everybody's a playoffs, but you, you know, and and you recalibrate your season as you go along, right? You guys got seven wins, so you want to you want to extend. You're still in this playoff race uh, against a very tough opponent. How? What is that mindset of the team this week to understand how we really need to do our best to get this win today, even against a a very very talented Philadelphia team? Yeah, they're really trying not to look at the playoff perspective about it, really. I mean, when you ask guys about it, they really just downplay it. Look, we're just approaching it as just another game. That's exactly what Dable has preached to them all year. Worry about this week, this game, not the big picture. Everything will take care of itself. And the reality is, Larry, this game, nobody expects them to win, right? I mean, they're seven-point underdogs. I'm I'm actually surprised it's not even more, especially with the uncertainty with Saquon. But, uh, you know, so they're big underdogs in this game. It's really next week. That's the big game for them. Mm-hmm. I, I think – I don't know if you know, Brian Dable's never going to admit that to them. And I, and I, but I think everyone deep down in the back of their minds knows next week's the game. Whoever wins that game is going to – their odds of making the playoffs are going to go from like 40% to 85%, either Giants or Washington. Unless they tie again, I guess. So then uh, that would be a real wrinkle. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I guess it's possible. So I shouldn't rule it out. But, no, seriously, like – that's the game. Like, if they win this game, I think that's just like a cherry on top, right? And what if they? But next week is going to be the game that ultimately decides their fate. I think everybody in the back of their minds knows that. Jordan, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes, and we'll talk to you down the line, my friend. Sounds good. You guys have a great show. Speak Thanks, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. That was the Big Blue Report brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Pickle designed the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their six area locations. When we return, we'll take your phone calls. Plus, we'll have Kiwi's keys to the Giants Phillies game, Philly game. And I'm going to say this, uh, Kiwi, if Vegas has it seven, Vegas knows something. This should mm. not be a seven point game. This should be a double digit game. Mm. Even with Saquon, especially with Saquon 50%, this should be double digits. In the division. In the division. I know, mm. I know. That, 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 that tempers it a little bit. We'll get mm. your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. New York Game Day on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by Samwell Institute for Pain Management. For a pain-free life, visit samwellpain.com today. Also brought to you by F.W. Webb and Well McLean. Turn to one of F.W. Webb's 100-plus locations for unparalleled Well McLean inventory. Visit fwweb.com to find a convenient location near you. Also brought to you by the Wiseman Bourbon from Kentucky Owl. Please enjoy responsibly. Larry Hardis to in for Anita Marks along with Matthias Kiwanuka, who's got your Giants-Eagles keys to the game. Get ready for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. 
All right, let's get into it. Giants keys to the game for a victory against Philadelphia. This one, I believe, wholeheartedly is a mindset game. You know, all things on paper point to the Philadelphia Eagles coming out with a win, but the Giants, if they are going to get a win, it's it's gonna it's gonna come down to their mindset. Do you believe that you can beat the team or beat the man across from you and do your job effectively? So, getting into it, um, first thing they need to do is eliminate the big plays. Jalen Hurts is second in the league when it comes to big plays, and that's that's where the Giants can be, you know, bludgeoned, if you will. Um, get turnovers on defense. You know, they started this season amassing turnovers and bailing their offense out. This is going to be the game where that is going to have to show up. On the offensive side of the ball, I think, you know, running the ball effectively is going to be key with the uncertainty with um, Saquon Barkley. I think it's going to come down to Daniel Jones and his legs. If he can run, not just to extend plays, but to catch a first down here and there when the defense has their back turned, it can buy them a couple of extra downs and put them in position to, um, you know, to, to do some good things. And lastly, they got to get hits on the quarterback from a defensive perspective without needing people to blitz. We heard Jordan Renan talk about how effective the pass rush has been, you know, now with Aziz Ojolari and Thibodeau, you know, effective, you know, on both sides. And that's going to be key. Hits are cumulative. And the best way to, to knock a quarterback out of his rhythm is to hit him early and often and get him thinking about something other than his job. So running it back, um, eliminate the big plays, get turnovers. Daniel Jones has got to use his feet, and they got to get hits on the quarterback. And Matthias, that I agree with all three. And let's add to that, keep it close. Because the mm-hmm. longer you keep it close, the more they feel the pressure because they only got one loss. And the more you feel, hey, you know what? We got a ch- another play. We're in this game. And mm-hmm. it ends up being like possession by possession, right? Possession, hey, let's, let's take care of this possession. Let's see what we can do on this one. It becomes a possession by possession game. And, mm-hmm. you know, after that, you by the time you get to the fourth quarter, it's anybody's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sense of urgency. When people say keep it close, in my mind, it's, it always goes back to the, that sense of urgency has to be there early in the game. And then as you're going down the stretch and you're getting ready to close out the game, no one's thinking about whose record is whose or, or you know what people did coming into the game. But in the beginning of the game, yeah, I think it's imperative. Get out to a, a fast start. Do not allow any big plays, especially on that first drive. And yeah, I think you're right. Keep it close. And really from, and you can speak to this because I don't know, some guys, re, especially with the conversation you enjoy we're having about social media. I mean, some guys are involved in, you know, got their own fantasy leagues and stuff like that. So I, I get it. But really, uh, you're looking at this game, I would think, as a, as a giant player of, we get the opportunity to knock up to give them their second loss. Nobody thinks we we can win this game. Everybody's got to mm-hmm. look at the look at the odds. Look at the people. Look at the look at what Jalen Hurts has done and the great Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles team and whatnot. But they're coming into our house. And so this is what mm-hmm. coaches love, these scenarios, right, Kiwi, to just mm-hmm. pump the guys up. You don't let them come into your house and dictate mm-hmm. this and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the, it's it's what, what's happened this season is great but when you talk about these rivalries the nfc east matchup giants eagles at home now they have decades and decades of footage and film and, and quotes to pull from and you can get them amped up based not just based on oh what we're going to do against jalen hurst but look at the historical significance mm. of this rivalry throughout time you know look at the names that have been made based on this rivalry like coaches and players combined like if you can't get up for that, if you're if you're putting on a Giants uniform and you can't get up for the Eagles coming into <laughs> your stadium, 
you, you don't you don't understand what it means to be a Giants player. You you don't. It's it's like you know it's like going down to Dallas. It's one of those things that that builds your character, and you have to understand. Hey, this is a game that we can win. Forget about what is being said. Forget about where the stats are. You know, we've been on top and been knocked off by the Washington t- uh, Commanders. You know, or you know, Redskins at the time. Um, all that stuff goes out the window. And you, uh, you said it. You know, they can get you can get amped up. There's there's enough there's enough there to get amped up about. Sounding like you ready to go talk to the guys. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Matthias Kiwanuka and Larry Hardesty and for Nina Marks are listening to New York Game Day. When we return, we'll be joined by ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum. We'll continue to take your calls. We'll talk Giants, Jets, and the NFL next. You're listening to New York Game Day on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.